Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, this is Pablo Sabaleta. This is Troy Dini. This is Kevin Phillips. This is Jürgen Klopp, and you're listening to The Big Interview with Graham Hunter. Thank you, Jürgen. I traveled to all these interviews from Barcelona, and our socios, our beloved members, keep us on the road. This independent podcast would not happen without them. Please go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter right now to become a socio, to become one of our members, and get an extra big interview every month, plus loads of bonus content. So go to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Graham Hunter, and we'll bring you joy. Gustavo Poyet is with us. He was witness to the part of the career of John Lopetegui, ex-Spain manager, ex-Real Madrid manager, where it began to look, and was subsequently proven, that he must have broken into a mirror factory and smashed them all with a black cat on Friday the 13th, having walked under a ladder. Unlucky? Lopetegui? Yeah, think about the Super Cup of 1995 at the Camp Nou against Zaragoza, one of the most incredible matches in Spanish football history. It's here. When and why did Gustavo Poyet nearly sign Van Dijk? The miracle of Sunderland? What do you mean you don't remember? This is Gus Poyet, friend, Uruguayan leader, jumper, phenomenal talker, one of the best big interviews you'll ever hear. Stay tuned. One of the talented footballers that you, you work with that didn't make your number one place with Berbatov. I don't know if you approved or didn't oh, approve. Oh, Robbie Keane yeah. is a Uruguayan yeah, with an Irish passport <laughs> in terms of, like, I'm going to win. Yeah. This is how I'm going to win. This is how often I'm going to win. Bro, yeah, we, uh, I, I think he understood exactly what uh, we needed and, and, uh, and it was very good. because it's, 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 it's a great character to have around and, and how he got into that team. Uh, Berba totally the opposite. Berba very quiet, uh, but like any top football player, he's done things in football. Uh, I, I don't remember exactly the number, and I don't know if we can corroborate it. But it's an, an anecdote about Berba, which is very important, just to explain to people that it's not all numbers, all analysis. He scored four goals one game against Reading. We won 6-4, I think, or whatever it was. And it was by far, but what I mean by far, imagine by far, <laughs> the player who ran the less 
<laughs> I think anybody you ever saw, Jimmy, understands okay. what you're saying. Now, are you going to tell him that he needs to run more when he just scored four? You know what I That'll do, that'll do. You know, it was in that position that you were, you wanted to say something. I said, Berma, come on. I need to be more. But you couldn't. It's called four. What, what, how can you run with cigar in your mouth, man? Yeah, it's well, not possible. It. No, it's, it's amazing. I, uh, and I had a great relationship with him as a, as a coach because when you're not the manager, you can get closer to the players. Uh, I remember one training session that we're going to start playing a very small game. I think it was 5 or 6v6 or 5v5. And he's standing at the, staying at the back in his team. And I'm looking at him saying, better go from you know, like, And so he challenged me. What, do you think I cannot play at the back? <laughs> I said, mm, no. Oh my God, what a game he played at the back. He started anticipating people, reading the game better than anyone, passing, scoring from the back, playing one, two, getting in, going back. So he was able to do it. It was when he wanted to challenge you. Sometimes you challenge a footballer and they do special things that they don't need to do until he, they're pushed. I was there in the side watching and thinking, I, you know, what the... Yes. You should be going, I did that. Yeah. No, but it was incredible. 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 We, we've talked about a Uruguayan hunger for the sport, mm -hmm. a Uruguayan hunger to find solutions to beat teams, particularly if it's Argentina or Brazil. Let's talk about a different kind of hunger. How hungry were the players at Spurs when Juan de Ramos was the manager? And Dr. Hunger... Because no eating. It, <laughs> that type of hunger. Escribano, Escribano was the... I think, they were hungry. I, 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 think, I think you need to... You know, we need to put all in consideration. And, and of course, that, that was the main point. Um, first and most, I have to be honest, and without saying names... Uh, there were five or six players that were very, very overweight. Point number one. Clearly. It's not like it was a, you know, something that you, you do it for, just for doing, for the, for the sake of doing it. So those five or six players, they need, they needed, sorry, a special uh, diet and treatment. Uh, we even made a group, okay, that after training, the fitness coach, Marcos Alvarez, myself, With those five or six players, we stayed longer and we had a yoga, half an hour jog, to help them to lose weight. Now, it was the first time we met with the doc and with Juan de and with all these uh, rules and what we needed to eat. Uh, and yes, they cut so many things that you will see nowadays, maybe. But it's a way of working. Another thing is that it worked for them in Sevilla and they won two or three UEFA, so for them it was natural. It was not natural for English uh, football. Uh, now, that was the reason why they were not playing well. I, th I think the main thing was after making a big impact, Juan de, and winning the, the last cup that Spurs won, 2008, uh, in the summer we, we got so many good players at the same time that it was quite difficult for him to gel them in the way that he was training and playing. Uh, and the atmosphere wasn't great because they were very, very good players that we pay a lot of money, not even making the bench. And that, if you don't have results first or you manage it the best way possible, And then you lose the job. I, I said it when we lost the job, and I, I, I still agree. And I think we deserve it to get sacked. 
we couldn't win a football game. And, and you have to be honest and say, yeah, you're right. If we cannot win a football game with, with Modric, uh, you know, Pavluchenko, that 15 million, with Bentley, they pay 15 million. Something is not right. So it, it, it was impossible. Then Harry got the job, apparently put the ketchup back on the table. <laughs> he said, are you hungry, guys? And, and you look started, like you need feeding up. But it, it's true, it was very, very controlled. Very, very controlled. Uh, I, I don't think... That proved you that it's not right or wrong in football. No. What is right in Sevilla? Correct. It was not right in Tottenham. Simple. And until you're ready for that realisation, you're going to make more mistakes. Because something that's perfect, perfect... Oh, it isn't working. Well, I have idea B, C and D. And I'm, I need to adapt. I need to change. Like You adapted um, as um, Nunez, who's the coach yeah. of Uruguay, asked you to do. Yeah, yeah. Coaches have to adapt. Fitness coaches have to adapt. Presidents, players, right. agents, they have to adapt. I can't ignore the, the, the fabulous time at Chelsea. And I'm going to ask mm-hmm. you uh, one of our sponsors' questions. But like this um, summer, I was in Russia producing for um, Spain in the World Cup, produce, TV producing for them. And I watched Lopetegui. I watched Lopetegui and his attitude and his training and making a really bad decision hmm. about what to do. Um, you saw Lopetegui, the, the, the player. In fact, one of the most extraordinary football matches Spain's ever seen, you participated in with Lopetegui briefly in the other goal because the, the Super Cup, once you'd won the cup, was between Zaragoza and... Um, Barcelona, Johan Cruyff Barcelona, I think. And the first leg was at the uh, Romareda, and, we lost and, and you two, lost. 2 0. 2 0. We went over there and we won. Busquets' dad was kicked out of the goal because, just like Sergio Ramos last night, for a, they were like, oh, well, we're 2 0 up and we're going to the camp now, so we can give Lopetegui a game in goals. And, but it was 4 4 4 5. So 5 4 Zaragoza. 5 4 Zaragoza. In the camp now. Funny thing. You know when you know the rules, but when you're in the middle of the game, you. You get blocked. We lost 2-0. And we were over there and we were winning 5-4. So it's a player in the Zaragoza, Fernando Cáceres, the center, that thinking that we are champions. Because he's thinking, okay, they're two goals away, they're double. So it's four. Plus four they scored today, eight. But we score five away, it's ten, because it's double. So we're winning. And we say, no, first you need to add... Normal. They are six and we are five. And if it's a draw, you go to the way goal. I say, okay, we need to score another one. <laughs> uh, yes, Lopetegui, yes. It was, especially remember one of the goals that probably was uh, unfortunately his mistake. It kind of went vaguely through him almost, really. Yeah. But uh, like... I, I, I think... I think there are decisions in football that they want to mark your career as a football player, as a coach. And uh, you, you need to put yourself in that situation. Uh, I, I, think, I think it was unfair from everyone because he, he was in a position to be maybe uh, uh, the possibility of uh, winning a World Cup. Yeah. And at the same moment, they put the possibility of being the Real Madrid coach. Uh, I, I think it's unfair from uh, Real Madrid as well in certain step. But the problem is that nowadays... Anything can happen anytime, and you need to be ready. And you need to accept things or not. You know what I yeah. think I like the me, me that I say to people, and, 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 and it comes into this, no 
is part of the dictionary. Oh, that, that's, what I'm, that's why <laughs> I'm asking you. That is why I'm asking you. Because you can literally say, no, now I'm the coach of you know, the national team of Spain. For me, you can manage your best teams in, in, in Uruguay, no, Peñarol National. But there is nothing like managing the national team of Uruguay. Mm. That's the way I feel football. Mm. When you're in the national team of your country, you're at the top. Now, for some reason, it looks to Lopetegui that it was the... I'm kind of asking you, if you, were, if you were the Spain coach in that situation, but, I, I was already anticipating that you're going to take a look at what's in front of you, how you've got there, the limited situation, Zidane's words, and my anticipation was you would have said no. Well, because I, th- I think when somebody like Real Madrid chooses you, you will go there. You know when they're talking now about Pochettino going to Madrid? They're talking so much that sooner or later we go there. It's not like it has to go one summer or the next summer. Correct. It will go in five years' time. And if Lopetegui was the right person for Real Madrid president, it will be the right person at any time. Very strange why at that time. Very strange. I, I, I no, no, like, I'm half Spanish, no? But, like, a Spanish, it really hurt. Uh, when the news that came out, I was like, uh, why is going on here? Why? The timing, why? Why people can hurt other people so much? And then what happened to the national team, it reflects that, that, that decision at that moment. They tossed away an opportunity. Incredible. And I bring that to this game because he sent off that day in 90 minutes. And it seemed like there was, right through his career, there's been a theme of bad luck, bad decisions. <laughs> elite people don't do certain things. And that day in the camp now for the 5-4 win for Zaragoza, Cáceres is sent off, Stoichkov is sent off, Lopetegui is sent off, Jordi Cruyff comes on to play for his dad's team. It must be one of the weirdest days. It was weird because we, we went there. Remember that, that, that Barcelona was, was incredible, no? It was the dream team. And, uh, and we, we were trying to find ways to beat them. You know, one day everybody at the back, and uh, they pressing really high, and uh, they playing direct, and uh, they trying to get the ball away from them. You know, anything that you can do. Marking, uh, and that, I'm talking about the 90s, not all the games I was saying, marking Kuman and Guardiola, and just to stop them from. Whatever you try to do, just to beat them, because it was. And then you go in a game that. You lost at home to Nila against Barcelona. You're not going to turn that around at the no-come. And you're winning 5-4. You know, we were on the pitch, like, dreaming. Every time we attack, we score. I'm sorry for Lopetegui, but it was like one, two. And we were that close to win that cup, which at the end we didn't. But it was, uh, it was a, a special day for us that maybe put us in a, in a situation to, to be better, you know, as a, as a team. A nine-goal game and still you don't win. Our sponsors, Bet365, have got a nice, simple question. Yes. You scored some absolute screamers for Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Which goal was your favourite? Um, I, I picked two because they are the same games. My favourite with Chelsea were the two that you scored against Newcastle in the semi-final at the FA Cup at Wembley. Yeah, I don't go with the Real Madrid. I should because it's the a one final. The 1-0 in the Super Cup. Yeah, because it's a final. But for me, Wembley, the old Wembley was... So special. Why? It was a unique stadium. Unique. It was no one like Wembley. The pitch was probably the best I ever played in my life in terms of grass. It was outstanding. And when you were able to play a final at Wembley and walk from behind, behind the goal to the red carpet in the middle, those three minutes, 
anyone can pay for that because that <laughs> they are amazing three minutes. Uh, and being able to, to score at that and that pitch in an important game for us to make us winning after because having Roberto Di Matteo in, in your team, he will always score in finals, like Drogba. Uh, it, was, uh, it was my moment, yes. Those are the ones you've, you've chosen and, and you'd win that cup final against Aston Villa mm-hmm. uh, with the early goal. If we, because we still need to talk about, before we finish, Llegada and the miracle of Sunderland. Um, and Virgil van Dijk. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what do you take from the Chelsea experience? Do you think most about the cup final against the current German managers, Stuttgart, Joachim Lowe was the coach, they, they had fantastic players, some Franco Zola's left on the bench, you win. Do you think about the, I was at that game, I was at 5-0 against Manchester United, the most remarkable United performance I've seen. Give us the things that stick with you most about the Chelsea experience. Luca, Vicenza, the 3-1 win. Robbie Di Matteo sat in the seat that you're in and saying that when he went off that game, or he, he, he was so tense he had to walk out of the stadium and walk down the Fulham Road just to go home because he couldn't bear it anymore and didn't know the result till he got home against well, Vicenza. Well, that, that's a special moment for me, and I'm pleased that Robbie said that because... I was coming back from my injury, I, my crucial ligament. It was five months and a half. I was nearly ready, uh, and I was trying to come back, but I had a, a little bit of time during the weekend. And then Robbie suspended, if I'm not wrong, and Dan Petrescu would get ill the night before. So Gianluca kind of pushed me. <laughs> like I said, OK, it's your time. And his I, first game? His first game in charge? First game? Luca's first game as well? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking if I'm going to last. Okay, now because we were losing, we lost one nil at Vicenza, and we started losing one nil at home. We needed to score three. Uh, Luca made a few changes at halftime, and that was it. I was staying the whole game on the pitch. No, you don't imagine how I finished the game. I couldn't move for three days. It was like you never play football, and then one day you need to play a semi final and you give everything. Um, probably one of the games at Stanford Bridge with the biggest atmosphere that you can ever see because at that Chelsea side not the ones that won the Champions League and the league to reach a European final it was something unique and the way we turn in things around who scored the goals? me <laughs> <laughs> me Gianfranco and, and, and Mark Hughes Mark Hughes incredible volley Mark um, I, th- I think to define what happened to me in Chelsea and uh, being totally honest and without pleas for a second try to be arrogant for, for me it was too easy to play for Chelsea. My ability in that team, it was like a, a piece in the, in the puzzle, you know, like it's perfect, that, the shape, pack. It's like if, if you had to put someone to do something in a team, it was the perfect place. Because you can go to a team and something doesn't work and nobody knows why. And, and I was able to play left side. If you ask me when I was in Zaragoza, you're going to Chelsea, but you're going to play in a 4-4-2 left, I would say to you, no chance. And then I played left for three years or four years without any problem because we have a way of playing and understanding. And Graham Lesseau, Baba Yaro, coming and overlapping me, giving me the chance to go in the middle, giving me the freedom to get in the box. Uh, I remember Robbie and Matteo telling me many times, stay wide, stay wide. I said, I gotta play wide. I need to come in the middle. But I was, just, I was pleased to be in the tunnel looking around. I, I will always define things, no? Uh, 
One, when I see Dan Petrescu, Robin Di Matteo, Dennis Wise, and me, the four across midfield, I knew we have a chance. It was like we had a, an understanding with Petrescu, Di Matteo, and Wisey that it was incredible. We had a little bit of everything. And then when you have Zola, which makes you a better player, because he's so good that you become a better player, then it was that feeling of every game, eh? it didn't matter where, we had the feeling that we were able to win it. Uh, so that, that extra thing... That does the job of a sports no, psychologist because you, you're already in the zone, but it's not whether we win, it's just how we win today. Yeah, we're looking at that and we think, oh, we've got a chance. And we were... Uh, me, I think with Chelsea, I didn't lose um, our Trafford, I think, but with Tottenham, I did, because the approach was different. You know, you will go with that mentality of, we're going to keep the ball here, and they're going to suffer. And the other way you were thinking, okay, let's go back a little bit because it's my United, you know, the champions. So that, that you said, set up already make you play the game differently. And, um, and I had that feeling that we were able to win things every year. Yeah, it did hurt, you know, win the Premier League. We were so close, but we were missing something. I think, incredible what I'm going to say, we play so nice football mm. that we miss it a little bit, that the bad side of the consistency. If you know what I mean, that the ugly one nil away from home in a Monday night uh, rainy in the north of England, we didn't have that side, and that's what we were missing. But the rest, we played incredible football and really enjoyable one. Could you have tennis wise? Well, Dennis did his, uh, his part, but we needed the whole thing. Two, three more of them. Probably. But I, mean, I mean, we like I said, we were set up to play really, really good football, nice football. Chelsea, I began to see more, understand more about Jagada, your Jagada. We in this country, we maybe talk about David Platt had it. Yes. Um, We see it in the way Messi does it now. Although Messi is a breed apart, you you can't say it's only genius. He has this Jagada. Sometimes he'll wait really deep and then arrive. Sometimes he'll be high. And as everybody's, it's beautiful, slow motion you talk about, everybody's running past him, he's just taking three steps backwards and then he comes on to the ball. Llegada means arrival in Spanish. And I don't think we, uh, we've got a brilliant single phrase for it. We call it about somebody who arrives in the penalty box, we talk about timing. But Llegada is arriving at the right place in the right moment. You had that. Talk us through what it is and how you applied it. Even put yourself in a match situation. Yeah. What is it composed of? Well, me, me I, um, because I was that, I had the ability to, to, for example, head the ball and have the timing to, uh, to head it or arrive at the right time. I, I was always uh, paying attention. Uh, and I know this is going to sound a little bit madness, but uh, I, I would like people to really understand what I mean and, and, and that it is possible. Okay, that if you think about it, it's possible. Uh, when I started going backwards on my position, when I played as a front, I was playing a front, I was inside the boss all the time, so it was a matter of attacking the near post or the back post. When you're in a good, confident moment, you go near, it's coming near. When you go back, you know, like you have the ability. When I was playing behind, I was finding it difficult to, to, to get into every action that the ball was going wide. So I needed to pick the right ones, I needed to know. And, and I started naturally. Naturally, this is a, the crazy part. 
paying attention a lot to the players that were playing wide. Okay, I will tell you in Zaragoza. I started doing this in Zaragoza. For example, Gustavo Lopez. Okay, a left footed player, very small, very one v one situation. And Gustavo had an ability that every time he went past the fullback, his cross would be high, back post, you know, nice and ready for you to attack. But if he was in that situation that the right back it was very strong and he couldn't really go past him, he would cross anyway, but it would be more a, a whip. So then you need to attack in the near post. So I was always trying to learn who was playing with me, why, and which one was the ability of those players for me to take advantage. Okay? That's point number one. I know it's mad. By the way, it is players that they cross in a certain way because they got an ability, bend it. You know, Beckham, bend it. You will know that he, will, he can do it all well, laces and pingy. But he will do the bending. If you start understanding that bend when he put the ball there that he's going to come and you got the timing, oh my God. Yeah, it was a dream for me to play with Beckham. I will score 25 first season. <laughs> so I started really paying attention to the white players playing my team, fullbacks or white players, to take advantage of their ability for me to be in the right place. And if right you're playing team. left, then maybe you had to most think about Dan. Well, Dan, Dan Petrescu was easy because with Dan it was, we were roommates. And we talk about football all day. Ah. That goal against Man United is not prepared, but it comes out of our relationship. Okay? When we're standing, I see the air when it's uh, right back. Normally play left back. And I'm thinking, oh, here we go. It's really small. Okay? So I look at Dan. This is Erwin. Erwin, yeah. We are, I look at Dan, and I say, I call him, and I say, Dan. Everyone is playing right back, I think. As soon as you get there, back post. <laughs> Forget it. You know, like, I'm going to kill him. It's simple. <laughs> it's not difficult, no? Now, I was not playing left because he was playing right back. He was always left back. It was a change that, that, that day Man United made to Mark Gianfranco Zola. They, they put... Well, get, they put... Neville, I think it was. Gary Neville uh, to oh, try and man-mark man mark him, or yes. Phil. Or, yes. But it was a one-on-one one on one to try one. and take Franco out of so the game. So that's why Evan They had to change. Funny enough, it happened after 27 seconds. Dan gets the ball. We play from the middle. The ball goes back. And they give it to him. And because we just talked 45 seconds ago, <laughs> he look at me and he see me running and he's just playing in front of me. Then, okay, I need to get in front of uh, Erwin. Uh, Taibi, I think, was a goalkeeper. Is coming. It was massive. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's an action that you create for your relationship of knowing and taking advantage of the position. But that understanding, yes, I had it. The, the other thing I used to do a lot as well for that, I was trying to get free. You know, to go in the box free without marking. And that was very much doing that when I was linking the play and the play was going wide, I would look, always look at the midfielder what he was looking. And as soon as he was looking at the ball, I would disappear. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy. I know that people say, ah, it's not possible. I, I, I done it naturally. You know, I was in a position that, because I was not quick, if I was not taking advantage of somebody looking the other side, it happened with players naturally in the box. When they go in that, uh, how you call it, the, 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 the blank side, uh, when you cannot see them, mm-hmm. so like that, when the defender cannot look at the ball and you, and when they look like that, when they look, they're gone. Because you put yourself in a situation where you make it complicated for the defender. And I used to do that a lot with the center midfielders that they were supposed 
to mark me. As soon as they turn a little bit looking at the ball, I will disappear. Then when I'm in that angle where he cannot see me, then I can attack wherever I like, no? And that was... I don't think you can train the timing. You have to have a little bit, okay? I don't think. But I think through repetition, I then, if a player got the, you know, the capacity of learning and understanding, you can have that ability of attacking the ball at the highest point or, or, or to attack the ball in a certain point with a certain ability because it's training. Okay, if you don't hit the ball and you're awful, you're not going to learn to hit him fantastically. But I think a good heading of the ball, if you go that run, you know, when you run in your post, very rare you will jump. It's more a run that you will hit it in your running. So it's more about placing the ball. You know, like uh, really, when you go and jump, that's a different matter. That's a different header. That's a direction, a power, you know, so many things that they get involved. Um, but I think that the main two things was. Yeah, the, the timing and the ability to take advantage of my teammates and where the position was looking or paying attention. You had it. That's the big thing. I think that we, because storytellers with pens or pencils or typewriters, we like to say it's innate, it's magical, it's mystical. It's just got this, you can smell the Smelly, gap. I like that one. We say that. So smell. it sounds beautiful to read, yeah. but I think we always know that maybe it's not right. And when you, <laughs> when you ask the question, you strip the clothes away really? and you see the naked body. We've got to close to let you go and have your lunch yeah. and live your life, but there are two small things to talk about. I know um, that you'll be back coaching soon, and I know you're going to find the right setup and the right people, the right belief system, where the structure is good to allow your talents to come out. You very nearly um, uh, brought Virgil van Dijk to, to Britain long before he became... Oh, very famous. The, the best defender in the history of the world, which he is now. What was the situation? He was at Groningen... It was a groaning and I got a phone call from the scouting department and the chairman, Tony Bloom, and they said to me, we would like you to go and watch this player groaning again. So I went with uh, Tano, Tariko, Tariko, my assistant. We took the flight, we went over there, we watched the game. It's at home. It's incredible. It's, it's so easy for him to defend in, in that situation. It was the same personality, big, quick, powerful, playing well with the ball. So, I mean, it, it took us half an hour to say... Yes, please. Yes, please. Uh, then at that time, I think it was three million euros or something like that for a defender, Brighton. I think it was the first year, if I don't remember wrong, in the championship. It was not a possibility, but, but it was an easy decision. It was a yes. Okay. Then when he went to Celtic, I realized it was logical. Uh, then when he went to Southampton, I'm thinking, okay, here it's getting better and better. Uh, and then, well, the last one, no? Probably people will think, oh, we lost an opportunity. Well, Brighton lost an opportunity to make a lot of money, but it happens a lot. But yes, we were there watching in that green and black, I think is the, the, the share. Uh, and it was too easy for him. It was very easy. So I'm, I'm pleased. I think, I think for the first time, uh, I'm like most, I think, fans. We always pick player of the year, the one who scored the most goals or the one is, you know, the best technically, mm. blah, blah, blah. And we never look at goalkeepers or defenders. I think probably Van Dijk, okay, Liverpool has to go on and win the league, probably, for him to be player of the year. But I would say they have to be in the top three for player of the year this year. It, struck, it always struck me, having seen him at Celtic, that the jump, good luck to Southampton. They did well, they bought the right guy and they made money. But the big clubs must have been blindfolded or sleeping or stupid because at Celtic, even when I saw him at Camp Nou with Celtic losing 6 7 1. 
you knew. I phoned the guy at Celtic then, John Park, who'd signed him from Groningen, and I said, he could play at Barcelona now, right now. We, 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 ha- we had an inquiry, uh, Sunderland, but I, th- I think it was 10 million probably, so Hunt don't pay for it. Mm. It was impossible at Sunderland for a defender, no chance. So it was not like a, no, but it was good the trip, because you know, when you go and see the play, his environment, and, and you see him, how impressive he was. Big, strong, powerful, calm. So calm. You know, sometimes he was on the ball in Groningen and people were running at him and I was in the stand saying, play, you know, like, play. He was so calm and play at the right time. We let him come close enough not to touch it and pass it. And, wow. And uh, look how he's now. Here he is. So you're quite a good storyteller because you brought me to the end point anyway by, <laughs> by mentioning Sunderland. I want people not to forget that... Um, while you were very successful at Brighton, where you and Dennis were very successful at Leeds for a short time, but it was an equivalent of what's happening now with Bielsa, and it looked as if you were going to take them back to great times. You did things at Thunder which were truly special. I mean, really special. You know, the, the people will not understand that to, to stay up, you had to go to what? The Etihad to play Manchester Etihad? City? Manchester who were going to be champions. In a Wednesday night? Yeah. You had to some place... I can't quite read this. Stamford Bridge. Bridge, I think it is. Yeah. Wait, no, the other one I can't remember. Old, Old Trafford. Old Trafford, yeah. Yeah, listen, I, 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 said, it, I said it... So you lost them all, right? It, 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 what happened? What happened? It was... If, if, think about us, okay, in a position where you get a team with one point from seven games. Yeah. One point from seven games. You take your first game and you lose badly. So you go one point from eight games. Okay? Then it doesn't matter the run that you have because we had a very good run. It looks like you're going to get out of the, you know, the water, the head out of the water, but then you're going to lose two or three, so you back down again. And that happened during the season. In top of that, we were winning in the cup. And we got to the final, and we can talk. That is why it's an incredible year, because we went to Wembley, being bottom of the table in the Premier League, okay? And winning a half-time one nil with Borini goal, even if Man City beat us at the end. Now, you're in a really bad situation. You've got so many players injured. Everything is looking bad. Uh, we play Everton at home and we, we score an own goal and we lose 1-0 and it looks like you're down. Why? Simply because what you said. You go Man City away, Chelsea away, Cardiff at home, Man United away, West Brom, Swansea. So, okay, Cardiff was three points because we were in the relegation battle with them. That was non-negotiable. West Brom was down in there as well. Swansea, no, no so. But the other three away from home, they were... Man City, top of the league. Chelsea never lost at home with Jose Mourinho. 17, 78 games yeah. unbeaten at home. at home. And then Man United with a new manager, Ryan Giggs, after they beat someone for nearly his first game of final. So we went there like, you know, like, but the first and most important, okay? The, the group was good. We couldn't really achieve that extra time of winning games. Then we had this group of players for the Man City game that was made practically himself. Okay, you made decisions. And we started losing 1-0 after a few minutes. And then we turned around and then we drew 2-2, which it looked at that time bad. And uh, it looked so bad that there is uh, a goalkeeper, the sub, uh, Oscar Ustari, because Manone played. He came to me before I went to the dressing And this is something very special. And he asked me, please... He said, Oscar, to me, please, please, uh, Gaffa, uh, don't say nothing bad. The, key, the, the boys, they were outstanding, you know. 
even if we concede the last minute and we drew to two, please, because he was thinking that I will go to the restaurant really upset, you know, like saying how we, in the position that we are, how we can you know, win this game, you know, la, 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 la. And I look at him, and I was calm, to be honest, but it was pleasing, you know, like somebody will care so much for the team. I don't know if that made us win at Chelsea three days later, but any kind of things that you can say from the manager in certain moments can affect the team, you know, the moral of the team. And I remember going into the dressing room, talking to them like, you know, how unlucky that second goal was and how well we done and blah, blah, blah. And looking at him, and he was so happy that was not really being hard on the players. And then we got three days later to, to Stamford Bridge, which nobody won for 77, eight games. And we beat them 2-1. And then we go home, and I knew we were going you know, against Cardiff with all respect to Ole Zoljair, who was the manager, for nil. And then we go to Old Trafford, and it's an atmosphere which is quite funny because it's a new manager, Ryan Giggs, and they nothing to do in the league, and we beat them as well. And incredible, we get to the from, and that day I was very nervous. That was one of the worst days of my career. And it's very simple to explain. We were down. And now we've done this incredible comeback. Imagine if we don't beat with Rome and we get safe. You know what I mean? Imagine if we lose against Swaz in that last game and you don't know that and you're still going down with that run of games in the middle. So it was like nothing I had. You could hear your dad's voice going, Why? against West Brom, we don't lose. <laughs> Go sleep <laughs> in your uncle's house. And uh, it was an incredible relief. I think it was a kind of miracle because if you think of the run of game, a team that was bottom the whole year, it's very difficult. I think it was something unique that the players, they were... I, I was not able to make changes. You know, when we talk about tweaking and changing, you know, everybody now changed two or three players every game. I, I played the same team. You know, uh, Manone, uh, Virginie, John O'Shea, I think it was Wes Brown and, uh, and Marcos Alonso. Catermol, uh, I think it was playing. I think it was playing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's in the team. Catermol, Seb Larson. Uh, well, for the first time in my life, and that's a very good point I want to make, and I hope Connor is listening, I never, I've been never able to tell a player, you have five games. Whatever you do, you're going to play the next five games with Connor Wickham. Connor Wickham was in and out of uh, Sunderland on loan and in and out, and I was never playing or not playing. And because we had the strikers injured, I said, okay, Connor, nothing to lose. We are bottom. This is your chance. You got the last six games of the season. It's the same feeling like you, uh, when the substitutes are all used against Vicenza and you know you're staying on and you've got the remainder of the game, you won't be taken off, so I just give everything I've got left. And he has five games and whatever he feels like before those five games. Now, imagine Conor Wickham before and after that. He scored two as uh, uh, the Etihad. He scored one at Stamford Bridge, two against Cardiff. <laughs> he crossed for the goal at Old Trafford. I mean, he, had, he saved us. Because you depend on a player or a keeper or a striker who is going to score goals. Uh, but it was, it was really special. I remember asking the chairman, he wants you to talk about next year straight away, you know? And I said, chairman, let me go on holidays, please. <laughs> I lost five years of my life. <laughs> yeah. Let me go on holidays. And unfortunately, it didn't work out the next year because we go from nothing to everything in three months, in six months. And there is a process in football. And uh, I try to convince them. I try to talk to the people of Sunderland. I try to 
say things coming from outside to try to help. Uh, everybody thinks that you're thinking only about you. And unfortunately, well, they are where they are. But I think it was, it was an incredible, probably the best year they had at some level. Well, you, when, when people are, and I mean, I'm not saying listening to this, but when people are thinking about choosing Gustavo Poyet again, and I can't imagine that you're far from the mind of uh, Marina or um, Roman Abramovich at Chelsea for one day. It, it, it can come, it can happen like that. Maybe you're part of a group that takes Saragotha over, takes them up. The right club with the right structure, the right belief. It's coming. It's going to come. But what they need to remember is your season. Because in that season, you didn't just reach the League Cup final. Yes. You beat Chelsea. Yes. Um, after extra time. You beat Manchester United. And over the worst penalty shootout of the history of football. I wasn't going to mention that. Yeah. one in 10 penalties. Did you name yourself as the 50, 52nd penalty? Probably. You, yeah. And no, Gus, will you take one? Yes, okay, Gus, I will. There is an image that is incredible. When we take the penalty and we miss... And they take the third penalty and miss. And then we miss again. I go to get the female coach and I say, we're going to change <laughs> And then we win it 2-1. No, but what I'm going to say to this is, the main thing, you know, you know at the end, we, what we forget sometimes that we look about what a manager is sucking. When I went there, the owner told me, I need you to save us from relegation. Mm-hmm. I need this team in the Premier League. You did it. And when I left, I was one point above the relegation when they sacked me, right or wrong, okay? So I done that. And the second thing that everybody asked me there, which is very important, is beat Newcastle. <laughs> I play three, won three. So if you tell somebody uh, <laughs> goals, I don't what they ask me for. Now, the way we cannot you know, be perfect and play fantastic football or not but I tell you we had an understanding with the players that it was very special I had absolutely fantastic conversation with Lee Cattenborough and I hope he remembers you know Lee started seeing football differently going on the pitch with a role to do certain things that they were needed for the team he loved it he embraced it he said I like this before I was going just to play midfield and now I'm going in with Responsibility with the things to do, when to drop, when not to drop, when to follow, when not to follow. And he was really embracing that. And those situations took us to get safe. We needed a little bit of more, you know, back up for the following year because when there is no negativity to change completely, it's difficult. But I, I really enjoyed the time in that. I don't think anybody who's listening to this finds it hard to understand why you changed Catchmore, why you make the Chelsea fans love you. <laughs> you um, exude the enjoyment of a life in football. Uh, you're one of the treasures of world football. And it's only left for me to say, Viva Uruguay. Thank you very much. Gracias. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for season 2018-19. We've got huge creative plans for the months ahead, but we do need your help to make them happen. Please go right now to patreon.com forward slash Graham Hunter and become a social, become a paying member and get an extra big interview every month plus loads of bonus content. Last season, socios listened to nine exclusive big interviews including Rafa van der Vaart, Troy Deeney, Roberto Di Matteo and loads of me talking about football. The Premier League, the Champions League, Spanish football. I'm sure they enjoyed it and you will too. Support us, join us. Thank you.
Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.